Welcome to the OT lifestyle movement. This is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently. We're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the OT lifestyle movement podcast. I'm Rhiannon Crisp, occupational therapist, personal trainer, and founder of otlifestylemovement.com. Today's episode is a little bit different to the norm, and you're in for a little treat. (laughs) Today, I have been interviewed by one of our colleagues, Patricia Modis, who lives over in the States and has her own podcast. And I wanted to be able to share our conversation on my podcast on this platform to share her share her and her wisdom and her insights and her voice, but also give you guys a bit of a backstory around me and my journey because I think it's always different me talking solo as opposed to me being in conversation and in flow with someone. So Patricia is an OT. She is a mentor. She talks all about role emerging and non-traditional occupational therapy practice on her podcast, which is the Uncommon OT series. So um, check her out on Instagram. She's at Transitions OT. She is a shiny, bright light. She is also into integrative and holistic health approaches. She is a yogi. She works in mental health support. And the more that I learn about her, the more I love about her. So please go over, check out her podcast, follow along and, and follow her her journey and what she has to offer. And without any ado, let's get into it. Hello, OT friends, and welcome to the Uncommon OT series. My name is Patricia Modis. I'm the Transitions OT, and I'm your host. I'm super excited to introduce you to today's guest of honor. I'm a big admirer of her work, and she has actually inspired me to delve into social media and really try to reach my OT friends that way. I would like to introduce you to our guest. Rhiannon Crisp is an uncommon occupational therapist who has been in practice for 13 years. She has her own mobile pediatric practice and is an online course creator providing professional development for inspired occupational therapists. Rhiannon is fiercely passionate about the potential of occupational therapy and raising the profile of the profession. She is the founder of the OT Lifestyle Movement and host of the OT Lifestyle Movement podcast, where she empowers OTs to do work that matters, to work from a holistic lens, and to support OT entrepreneurs who have a vision of creating impact beyond one-on-one therapy and creating an online business. So without further ado, I'd like to present to you Rhiannon Crisp. Welcome! Yay! Yay. (laughs) It's so awesome to be here, Patricia. Absolutely. It's an honor for me to be here talking with you. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are super welcome. I am such an admirer of your work, as I mentioned in the beginning, and really love the 
energy and the motivation and the inspiration that you bring to my fellow OTs out there all over the world. I myself was infected by that potion and um, which really brings you to this podcast because I've asked you, I think you were one of the first folks, you were one of the first uncommon OTs that I asked to be on the show. So I'm super thrilled that you're here because I, I know that you have a lot to share and um, you also have some new projects going on that we would love to hear about. But before we dive into all of that, would you mind just telling us a little bit about you, a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. So you can probably tell by my accent that I'm based in <laughs> Australia. I'm not, not from the US. Um, I'm based in Australia. I have been an OT for 13 years now and I've done a lot of different things over my career. I started out in the hospitals and this is where I thought I was going to be forever. I just had this dream of working in a hospital and serving there. Um, that dream lasted about a year before I got really uh, just jittery and wanting to do something different. I wanted to explore different pathways and really explore OT and what we could do in different areas. So I... Um, I started work in work rehabilitation and again, I got, I, I just wasn't fitting for me. I did work in pediatrics. I was working at a special development school and it's funny because I thought I would never work in peds. I was one of those OTs at university who said, you know, I, peds is not for me. It's kind of one of those areas where you really want to do it or you just feel like it's not for you. <laughs> when I started working at this special development school, I just fell in love with the kids. I fell in love with OT in a different way. And I was like, this is something that I can do more of. Like I'm really, really blossoming as an OT in this space. I was learning a lot. I was soaking up a lot of information. And so I, at this point in my life, I was actually, um, moving into state and so I obviously couldn't continue on with my job there and over this time I'd had my first baby and I started thinking again about where I want to go what kind of area I want to step into as an OT and this is the beauty about OT this is what I love is that we can be multi-passionate and we can have interests in so many different areas and whatever it is that we're passionate about we can step into that area as an OT with our OT hat and support people to live their best life mm -hmm. through engaging and participating in meaningful occupations. So after I had my baby, I had this time to reflect on where is my life going? What kind of direction do I want to take? What's going to be sustainable for me and my family? Mm -hmm. Because now, you know, things, things change when you have, have a baby. And I realized I did want to continue on in this space of pediatrics, but there was no local positions going. And my husband sort of planted this seed and said, well, why don't you start your own business? And I said, don't be silly. I can't start my <laughs> own business. I don't know anything about business, like literally clueless. And that idea sort of started to marinate I started mm -hmm. to think more about it and what what it would look like if I did have my own business I realized I didn't have to go all in and start really big 
So mm-hmm. I just started small. I thought, okay, well, I don't want to bite off more than I can chew, but what if I just start with one client? What if I just set up my practice really small so it's a mobile therapy practice where I go to the the client mm-hmm. and I don't have a big investment in terms of brick and mortar. I'm not paying rent. I'm not paying for staff. It's just me. And I jump in my car and I go visit the client in the real life context of their day-to-day life. And this yes. this just blew up for me. I I cannot tell you the value and the insights that I got from meeting a person in their own home, from looking around and having a look at what life really looks like for them at home mm-hmm. in their environment. And this, again, it just started to build on this love for the profession and how we look at a person through all these different lenses, through mm-hmm. them, through the occupation, through the environment, and how much we really can help a person transform, like go from where they are now to where they want to be through using our unique skill set. Yes. And so I did this and it, the business started to build and grow and grow and grow. And that was eight years ago now. So I I, I just continued to grow that. My, my caseload continued to grow. And then I, as I grew personally, and my own personal development was around eating well and moving my body and connecting mm-hmm. and being in the sunshine and being out in nature, I realized that a lot of the things that I was taught at university or the things that I was sort of taught in professional development courses around strategies and, and different tools and resources that we can use, they weren't always necessary. Like mm-hmm. I realized I could use my body in therapy. I realized that the therapeutic relationship that I developed with a client was so profound and this is the thing that can really change a person and their life. Got it. And so it was just trying to integrate a lot of what I'd learned on my own personal development journey into the work that I did with kids. So I would run sessions at the beach where they were in their natural environment, where we were working on skills that was relevant mm-hmm. to that context. I would run sessions in the backyard. In I lived out in the Northern Territory in Australia, which is in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. absolutely rural, remote location. And I'd visit homes and they, they had nothing. They had no toys. They had no... Um, equipment or anything like some of the homes were lucky to have a bed Um, Mm -hmm. and so I just really started seeing life through the client's lens and really understanding their beliefs their their ideologies where they come from and understanding that it's not the toolkit that I keep in the back of my car that helps a person get to where they want to go it's not all the fancy OT equipment that I come in, you know, holding with my bucket, I realized that I could come in just as me and Mm -hmm. I could create activities using whatever it was that they had lying around the house, like a broomstick. We could create something, an activity. And it's really about using this imagination and our creativity to support them in their context. Because I realized there was no point me coming in with this 
you know, magical kit of activities Mm -hmm. that the clients don't have access to every day. And, you know, we, we know we can't wave this magic wand and help a client on their journey. It's really about meeting them where they're at Mm-hmm. where their needs are at, in the context, where they're at, where they're in. Um, yes. And so, and, yeah. Well, that sounds so, well, you said so many amazing things. Let me try to figure out where to start. Um, I love that, you know, I'm sure that all of your clients are benefiting from from this approach that you have. Um, at the same token, I also hear you feeling so passionate about it and and really Mm -hmm. feeling good about the work that you're doing, right? So it's almost like a win-win situation because here you are doing the work that really is meaningful to you and the way that you want to provide that work, right? And then seeing the results in the actual context, right? These kids are in their homes. These kids are functioning within their settings. And I love that you're able to yeah, really see all of that in the current work that you're doing. I also see that you're encouraging OTs to do the same, right? In your in your offerings, like in your 100%. lifestyle movement. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I love that word movement because I really think um, what you've been able to give the OT world is movement. Shake things up a little bit <laughs> so that um, we can really explore these other areas that, you know, were on sort of unexplored territories for us. And, you know, really connecting that with, again, your heart and your passion because, putting the two together, it's almost like magic, right? 100%. And so just to make it clear to everyone listening, I do have my own private pediatric business that is mobile where I will go and see kids. And then I also, uh, a couple of years ago, started what I called the OT lifestyle movement because I wanted other OTs to step into their passion and their purpose. I wanted you guys to not go through this period of just groundhog day where the alarm goes off and you feel like you're just doing the same thing every day, Monday to Friday. You're living for the weekends. You're celebrating hump day, like halfway through the week. Hooray. It's nearly Mm -hmm. nearly the weekend. I know because I've been there. I have been in positions where I didn't love it. I wasn't lit up. I wasn't inspired. I wasn't doing meaningful work. And along my journey, I've realized that the potential of occupational therapy and what we can do is so diverse, is so broad. We can go to this intersection where our passion meets the people. And whatever that looks like for you, this could be working in peds, this could be working, um, maybe it, maybe it, maybe it, comes about because you're following your passion for surfing or following your passion for running or thinking about the occupation that you love and how you can weave that into your work yoga acupressure you know there are so many different modalities that we can weave into our work we don't have to be confined by the way it's always been done when Mm -hmm. we break it back down and we look at what occupation is and what it means to the profession Occupation is anything you do that occupies your time. So when we look at the occupations of people around the world, they are so different. There's so many ways that we can create impact. 
I want to empower other OTs to find that, to step into their highest self and do work that matters to them. Because as OTs, we are constantly talking about meaning. We're talking about meaning in another person's life and we're so supportive to help people reach their goals. But I want to ask everyone listening to this, what are your dreams? Mm -hmm. What are your goals? When did you stop dreaming? And are you doing meaningful work? Are you doing that work that lights you up? And if you're not, that's okay. This is all part of the journey. But how do we get back on track? How do we get back to that feeling of being alive, that feeling of being vibrant, that feeling of creating change in another person's life where you yourself feel like there's this energetic exchange where you are helping another person, but you're also getting something back in return, which is this feeling of filling your cup. And we need more of this because we are sitting on this reservoir of untapped potential within our profession and we need to tap into it. I completely agree. And those are excellent questions to ask oneself, right? As a, just as a a way to grow as a professional, it might be a great way to segue into your offerings and, you know, the, the uncommon OT work that you do with OTs. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, the, the, the OTs that you serve, who, who, who should come to uh, your offerings, who should um, avail to your, to your services and to your support? Yes, great question. The OT lifestyle movement tapped me on the shoulder at a time kind of when I wasn't ready to listen and I was like, hey, you know, OTs need, need a voice. They need someone who can show them what's possible within the profession and I, I put it off for so long and now that I'm in this space and after speaking to countless OTs from around the world and very, very um, highly regarded OTs as well who have done incredible work, um, I realised that this is part of my purpose. And so what I provide and what I share is for free is a lot of content obviously on my socials. Yes, you do. And which, so I'm most frequently um, on Instagram where I'm at Rhiannon Crisp. And then I have the podcast, which is the OT Lifestyle Movement. And this is where I'm interviewing other OTs from around the world who are inspired, who are lit up, who are doing their meaningful work. So I've spoken to OTs who are working in womb wisdom and all about holistic women's health. I've spoken to OTs who are working uh, with animals and horses. I've spoken to OTs who are incorporating like surfing into their work. The possibilities are endless. And I wanted to have a platform to share with everyone what is possible and what it can look like and that you don't need to put a cap on the possibilities. You just need to explore. If you are creative enough, you can weave your passion into the profession. So I I just want to be that for people. I just want to share what is out there and be that platform. And then the other part of what I do is supporting 
OTs and OTAs and even OT students who have an entrepreneurial mindset, Mm -hmm. who have this vision, who are creative, who know that there is something bigger for them, who want to create an impact beyond one-on-one therapy and serve more people. Yes. Because this is where, this is where when I was at in the Northern Territory in this remote location, it's funny because I felt like I could do anything. I felt like mm-hmm. I can just put myself out there and if no one hears about what I'm doing, you know, it's okay. So my entrepreneurial journey didn't really start in terms of the online space, didn't start with the OT lifestyle movement. It actually started in the autism space. So it was like a, it was like a flow on from my private practice work. I was working predominantly with autistic children. And I thought there's so much more that I can do. There's so much more that I can share. I was working with parents and they, they were saying, I didn't know this. How do I get this information? And I thought to myself, well, maybe I can be that voice. Maybe I can be a voice for parents who have children diagnosed with autism and want a holistic approach, like want mm-hmm. to know what's possible uh, from like the biomedical stance, from the real neurodiversity perspective and, and combine it all because mm-hmm. I love this holistic lens. And when I say holistic, I mean looking at the whole person. We're not just yes. looking at one part. Yes. We're looking at the whole person. And I think the word holistic has kind of come to mean contemporary or, um, yeah, not contemporary, sorry, um, complementary approaches mm-hmm. these days. Yes. But it's more than that. It's just it's looking at the whole person, their beliefs, their narrative, their biology, their social situation, their environment, like everything yes. that we do as OTs, it is inherently holistic. Mm-hmm. And so I so, started, yeah, I could talk forever, sorry. No, I, I, this is also great. Um, I wanted to, I was curious where, I know that you had your pediatric private practice and that's mm-hmm. sort of where the vision, uh, that's where the, the seed was planted, right? That's where the vision started. And uh, as you evolved working with kids and their context, um, that really just kind of opened your eyes a little bit more and kind of in a way helped you grow as an OT, right? And, and, and your, in your abilities and in, in, in your uh, ability to kind of offer your service without necessarily being in a clinic per se. When did it shift towards, and I know you're still doing both, um, but I know that there was also this piece where you started to work with OTs and helping them, you know, sort of cultivate their passions. So how did, where, where did that happen? How did that, um, how did that kind of evolve? Such a great question. Such a great question. So, yeah. So if I just go back a little bit to creating something bigger for the autistic community or for Mm -hmm. parents of children who have autism. I stepped into that space. I was active on social media. I had a podcast actually where I interviewed incredible people like Carol Stock-Kranowitz, who was the author of The Out of Sync Child, who sold over millions of copies of her book. Most peds OTs will be familiar with her. Um, I spoke to incredible people, but there came a stage in that where it didn't feel in alignment anymore. I just didn't feel like it was right for me. And mm-hmm. as we go through this entrepreneurial journey, it's 
it's this constant evolution of our soul. It's this constant checking in and thinking, you know, is, is this right for me right now? And yes. at the time I loved it, but it just became no longer for me. And I love what I do one-on-one with the kids that I work with, but in the online space, it didn't feel right anymore. And so it was interesting when COVID hit and I had to start working out how to provide services online to my clients because everything went online and we were providing telehealth and there was no in-person appointments. There was no going to their house and working with them in the real life context of their day-to-day life. I was like stumped. I was like, how do I do this? How do I work with kids online? I started asking questions. I started connecting with other OTs from all around the world who had been doing this for a very long time. And from this, um, with my entrepreneurial mind always ticking over, I thought there's got to be more OTs who are asking the same questions. Uh There's got to be more OTs who are in the same position as, as me and have no idea how to move forward and do therapy online. Yes. So from that, I created a summit. And this is the second summit that I created. The first summit I created was a year prior to that. And that was the autism summit. And that, so I'd already had experience creating summits. And within three weeks, I had interviewed everyone. I had like from idea to actualization, I had created the website. I had interviewed everyone. I had, you know, promoted it and it was ready for up for uh, up for people to purchase and implement in their practice. So I knew that was something that had to have a really quick turn, like it was timely because mm-hmm. people needed the information right then and there. And then after I created that, I started to fall in love with connecting with other OTs. I was like, wow, after being a sole practitioner for so long and doing business on my own for so long, Being around a community of other like-minded, open-minded, ambitious OTs who also have a passion for the profession and love what they do, it lit me up. And I realized it was a space that I could step into that was truly authentic to me. I could really just be myself in this community of OTs and And I realized I also had something to offer and something to share, which was my story, which was, Mm -hmm. um, which was really connecting other OTs to me because they realized that maybe they are in a spot that I was in, you know, five, 10 years ago, or they're just inspired to do meaningful work. They're just starting out in the profession and they want to shortcut that path and not go through all the, all the challenging times (laughs) of working it out and, they, they have a clear vision and they know what they want to step into. So that's how, that's how it came about. Oh, I love it. Well, you bring such an infectious energy and, you know, I, you talked about being lit up by this kind of work while you certainly light up a lot of OTs with the work that you do and the work that you offer. I know that this we're talking about your own professional evolution into this type of work, but I also hear OT all over the place there. I know you're an OT. I know we're talking about an OT, but in terms of the process, right, you, you identified this need and you 
found a population, right, that, that had this particular need, and now you're addressing it with your offerings and the services that you have. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What are we to expect? Do we expect groups? Do we expect coaching? Um, what kinds of things can an OT expect with the offerings that you have? So I have created three summits. So I've done the Autism Summit. I Last year, I created and co-hosted with Emmy Vadness, who is the Holistic OT. We created the OT Wellbeing Summit, and yes. it's online and available as a course right now, um, where we interviewed other OTs who are doing and practicing in holistic ways. So we spoke to an OT who works in nature, an OT who uses yoga, an OT who uses acupressure, an OT who does OT coaching. We spoke to OTs who are in trauma um, and taking holistic approaches. So it is, it's just an eye opener to what is possible. And again, mm -hmm. this is my bigger message, like take the roof off your expectations and work towards that meaning, work towards that meaning in your life and that meaning for someone else in their life. I love the potential just because, you know, all those things that you mentioned are really just under the umbrella of holistic offerings, right? You talked about another summit that you planned, the, the Autism Summit, which kind of like has a whole nother bunch of things underneath there. So yes. it just kind of gives you a, a little glimpse of the scope here and how yeah um, really large it's broad it be. is yeah it, it is and that's the thing with entrepreneurship you can have your wildest dreams like bring it together like I think in entrepreneurship we're told to have a really specific niche and when I look at my niche I, I suppose I am serving OTs but it's not just on one specific thing I am blending my passion with the work that I do I am yes. blurring the lines between work and play because I show up authentically. I show OTs how to move their bodies and to show up as their best self because self-care is so important. Mm -hmm. I show OTs how they can work professionally and show up as, as their best self in their work. And there is another course that I'm creating at the moment. It's a, it's a six-week program called Leaders of Light. And this is for the OT who wants to blend their passion with their purpose and do meaningful work and create an online course of their own. You know, it's interesting. There are so many OTs who want to do this. In this day and age where people are seeking for information online and more and more people are attending courses and different things online, this is a massive space that we can step into as OTs right now is leveraging our knowledge, our skills, our insight, our expertise to create something that serves more people beyond one-on-one -on -one therapy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of OTs kind of get stuck and think, I'm not an expert in this. I don't know enough. I'm telling you, I, I am sure you have more knowledge around something than the people that are in that problem right now. There are yes. people who have a problem and whatever it is, you have something that can support them to get them from where they are now to where they need to be. Whether that is, um, you know, there are OTs who create courses around understanding 
understanding autism and understanding the neurodiversity movement and understanding life through an autistic person's lens. Um, There are OTs creating courses around burnout or OTs creating courses around whatever it is that they have studied and that they know people and clients ask them questions around that all the time. There is value in something that you have that you can share on a wider scale and you can also receive income for that, obviously. This is something that you can do as a side hustle. This is something that you can do and totally replace your income, replace it, or you could surpass it. Like Mm -hmm. there is no cap in terms of earning potential in the online space. There is no cap. When you work as a clinician and you're doing, you're either employed or you have your own business like I do and I'm seeing clients one-on-one, I only get paid for that one hour of work that I, when I see a client, I'm paid for that time. Mm -hmm. So my time is limited. It is finite. I don't have infinite amount of time. So there is a cap on how much I can earn when I'm working this model. Yes. When I step into the online space, I can create a course and I can have a thousand people interested and and pay for a course. So Mm -hmm. I'm reducing my workload, but I'm reaching more people. And I feel that sometimes as health professionals and as helping professionals, we have this resistance. We feel it's somehow unethical to mm-hmm. be charging and putting a price on something that we know and something that we can genuinely help another person with. Mm-hmm. Um, so we stop ourselves and we, it becomes this block around money and money mindset and not sharing something that will be beneficial because we feel guilty for this exchange Yes, And I just want to let everyone know, whoever is listening to this right now, and this is resonating, that just remember when money gets in the hands of good people, good things happen. And I really feel that money is energy. And when you circulate it in positive ways and you purchase the organic food that you want that you can't currently afford, or when you purchase that professional development course that you've always wanted to do, you are, you are up-leveling. You mm-hmm. are rising up. This too, this is something as OTs right now that we can really be stepping into. And for those who have that creativity, who have this desire in their soul and they know that they are meant for something more and maybe you don't know exactly what it is right now, that there is that there is potential in this way of um, showing up in the world. Yes. And I love that you talked about you're not providing any less of a value uh, as a service just because you're providing it in this space, right? It's not any less, um, I guess it wouldn't be clinical because you're not in a clinical space, but you know, you're still using a lot of your skills really. And you know, that might help me segue into the next question, which is, I know that you're offering a variety of services, some of which to the pediatric population and some for OTs, for your fellow OTs, are there any specific OT skills that um, stick out for you that you think are just really essential in being successful in your current roles? Mm, I love this. So as I said in the beginning, I used to feel like I needed this bag of OT tricks and tools and different things that I would take into a session. 
the more I have grown, the more I have evolved, the more I have dived into my own personal and professional development, I realized that the toolbox was me. I realized that I was the toolbox. So I don't need to walk into a session with anything anymore. I can walk in just with myself. And to give an example, recently I was working with a a young girl who was nine and I walked in with nothing and we just decided to go for a walk that day and we were working on different skills around self-regulation and social skills. And I think we undervalue what we can do in terms of the therapeutic relationship, like what Mm -hmm. benefit this has. And so this would be my number one tip and skill that I use in therapy is being available, is listening and deeply listening and having a curiosity about another person's story, their narrative, how they see life through their lens, not through my lens, my lens has my lens has all these belief systems and filters and everything, and it's very mm-hmm. hard to remove that. But the more we can try and empathize and see life through someone else's lens, the more successful we're going to be as a clinician. And so when we went on this walk, we integrated mindfulness. We sat down on a park bench and we just listened to what we could hear in, in the park. We we talked about five things that we could see that were beautiful. We, you know, went up and smelt the jasmine flowers that were growing on a back fence. I love and it. I was, it was incorporating the senses, right? And this is what we do as an OT. We don't need to have smelly putty or we don't need to have something that's really contrived. It can be in the mm-hmm. natural environment, in the real life context. And so I know, like, in terms of clinical reasoning, I know when she smelt that jasmine that it had this effect on a a physiological effect on her body that when she took the deep breath it was slowing her heart rate it slowed down her nervous system she became more calm i knew that in terms of the olfactory system that um you know it can have a positive effect on your emotions like smelling Mm. something and so integrating this into the session can can be really natural and then in terms of the therapeutic relationship, it was my ability to, to listen, to be curious, to empathise, to um, not give a lot of eye contact because I know that wasn't something that she felt super comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we kind of think, you know, everyone knows this, but I'm telling you people don't and people don't know this and people will say, look at me when you're talking to me. But we come into this with this understanding that, everyone is different and that we we are meeting people where they're at and not yes. everyone has these these skills these are clinical skills absolutely um, thank you so much for that great example and also for just really highlighting you know the therapeutic use of self right and developing that rapport and you know your listening skills and how key those are I think and the authenticity that you really bring into your work you know you're really living the message that you're putting out there and you know I see you know now that you as you mentioned that I kind of I'm visualizing your social media platforms and you know what I see and your values really do come across in 
in your messaging, you know, your your workouts and and your your healthy, nutritious meals, right? And being <laughs> able to spend time at the beach with you know with your children. Yes. I love all of those things. And maybe that's, you know, probably answer part of my next question in terms of any recent lows or any recent successes that you may have had in your current roles. In terms of lows or challenges, I think we're human and I think we always have challenges in life. I think there's always something that, you know, pushes us or pulls us in a certain direction. Currently, you know, I think one of the big things for me is, and this is just constant, and I think it's for all of us, I think it's just being less fearless, like there's always fear around certain things that holds you back. And, and the same is for me, like you can reach a certain level of success in a certain area, but then like you want to you expand, you want to grow, you want to stretch. And then mm-hmm. there's always fear before you step to that next level. And this could be, you know, for someone, it could be going for their dream job or applying for that job, or it could be taking a step out and, and creating their own online business or or doing something and for me it it is it's this constant evolution where I'm just constantly checking in and doing my own personal development work to Mm -hmm. to be less fearless and to do more things that are in alignment and that are calling me so that that's something that I'm constantly working on do you have any advice for any of our listeners who may be currently going through that evolution or might be getting that itch right now are not quite sure what to what to do or what steps to take I'd say check in with your values check in with what matters most to you you know this is your north star this is going to guide you this is going to lead you on that journey so always stay true to your values and look at leaders who have walked the path before you so find people who have done what you want to do connect with them Uh, reach out to them they're human too and I think we've always got to remember this you know I remember sending podcast invites to incredible minds and I thought there's no way they're even going to reply to me and you'd be surprised like people are willing to connect even just follow someone on YouTube or on Instagram you know cut out all the rubbish and just if there is someone that resonates with you listen to them get inspired by them I'm not into the whole mindset around, you know, we can't consume content online and all this stuff. There are people out there doing incredible things. And if that inspires you, if that moves you forward, if that inspires you to take action, listen to their thing, listen to their words. That words are so powerful. You know, sometimes I will just log on YouTube and listen to a song that deeply resonates or it just matches my mood and my feeling and it changes, it changes me. Or I I just go, oh yes, anything is possible. What am I doing holding myself back? And I get into this, you know, start questioning myself around what I'm doing. And it's literally just after listening to a song or hearing a motivational speech on YouTube. Um, So that's what works for me. It's different for everyone. Some people need to be immersed into a community of like-minded people who are are gaining momentum and Mm -hmm. moving forward together. But for me, I... Yeah, it's just, it's looking at people who have done what I want to do and knowing that it is possible and that I I can do it too. There's nothing stopping me except for myself. Such great advice, Um, particularly the part about 
there's nothing stopping you but yourself really that really resonated with me um because i had a lot of those doubts myself um and i still do you know the advice that you gave just completely resonated with me thank you so much for that advice and for the inspiration that you bring and the i love the title of your new course leaders of light because i think that exudes so much of Rhiannon and Crisp's energy and what you bring to the OT world. So thank you so much for spending this time with us and for giving us a little bit of sprinkle of your fairy dust. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And yeah, if anyone is keen to step into the online world or has a message and that needs to be heard, Leaders of Light is this program that we will be running in march but again throughout the year at seven stages and it will be ongoing so if anyone wants more information on that or anything else i've got blogs um the podcast it's all on otlifestylemovement.com thank you so much we're going to have all of your resources listed including you know the the ot well-being summit and all of the other summits that you've done especially if they're available as a course for other clinicians out there i think that's a wonderful resource so we'll list all of that and thank you so much again for the time that you've spent for sharing with us your path your story and your journey and for continuing to share the wonderful energy that you exude into the ot world Thank you so much, Patricia. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And my hope is that OTs find what is meaningful to them and just start to take steps towards it. That's it, guys. I hope this episode resonated with you. But more importantly, I hope it inspires you to take action. If you hang out over on Instagram, come over and say hi. Let's connect. I'm at Rhiannon Chris, and we'd absolutely love your radiant energy in our Facebook group family. You can find us simply by searching the OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or Facebook so we can connect with more amazing, open-minded OTs from around the world. And if you are sharing it on Instagram, make sure you tag me at Rhiannon Chris so I can share it on my platforms as well. The more we share the OT lifestyle movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. So that's it, guys. Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world, one occupation at a time. Carpe diem, guys.